Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can coexist peacefully. This was now finest. Hey guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. Now guys, um, you know, if you're listening, you're one of our loyal listeners. And uh, we've, we've plagued you with several episodes in a row oh. about... Uh, different eons of 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 times. Um, and, and I want so to apologize. Me. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, I'm gonna get a little meta here. Sean had a knee surgery. Be nicer to your <laughs> and brother. So, and so it was one of those things where, uh, you know, I was like, well, <laughs> Sean does the notes. <laughs> He's broken. <laughs> like we should we should give Sean uh, this leeway to write. Um, uh, these boring episodes, but yeah, but, well, but guys, what guys? There's light at the end of the tunnel. We're finally to T Rexes. You guys let me write the notes, but then you gave me sass mouth about it. How is that good? You should have just kept it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it, but yeah, you're right. This is the final one of this like looking back at the past shit. We're gonna be talking about the Jurassic and the Cretaceous, right? I, Which is to say. T-Rexes and Velociraptors. Exactly. You guys are being rewarded with your patience. Uh, now you get to have the good stuff. We're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mix in some things everyone hates, but like, but <laughs> we also get the good stuff. Yeah. And then once this episode's over, fine. I get it. <laughs> okay, we'll on. move on. We'll talk about poison. Yeah, we're in sports medicine. Yeah, there's a couple subjects I've been pushing real hard for, guys. I've been <laughs> lobbying. For the good stuff, like 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 whether neutral life is good <laughs> or or human growth hormone for baseball players. You're being mean to me. <laughs> no, right. but guys, guys, okay. So we're on Jurassic Part Three, Cretaceous. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's let's do it. Right, so, you know, I think uh, there's kind of an established pattern with these different eons. Some geological disaster seems to happen, and there's a dying off. Um, that's not fully true here. Right. So one of the interesting things about the Jurassic-Cretaceous boundary, or the JK boundary, is that there have been shifting views over how real the boundary actually is. Right. So um, 200 years ago, there was no boundary. This happened way before 6,000 years ago. Um, and then we found some bones. Right? Yeah, yeah. So people were doing some excavations. People right. were, you know, digging through rock Fight, Fighting bone wars. And Dino bone wars. Back in the day, let's say pre-1980s, really. Right. The JK boundary was considered one of the major mass extinction events. Right. On par with the one that we talked about that ended the Triassic or the one that ended the Permian. Like, all of the ones that we've been talking about in these past episodes, these big-time, huge extinction events. And that's because in some parts of the world, like Europe, right, 
where they were doing some digging, you know, kind of early on, they were seeing a loss of biodiversity during this time period. Sure, but as they've excavated other sites that are outside Europe, presumably parts of different continents back then, the picture has evolved. Right, like, so starting in the 60s and onwards, we're getting more and more fossils from, like, South America, Africa, right. China, and other parts of Asia. And then as they're doing that, they're kind of saying, well, we don't actually see that big of a drop in biodiversity, actually. Uh-huh. And so it was thought, okay, maybe this was actually more of a localized thing. Like, maybe Europe got kind of shitty right. in this time period between the Jurassic and Cretaceous. But, like, maybe the rest of the world was, like, kind of okay. Sure. Um, but this is still open for debate. Yes. And so, super recently, like in the past maybe 10 years or so, there have been papers coming out saying, well, maybe... Maybe, it, sure, it wasn't as big as the Great Dying. Like, right. we can't call it that. But it was still a pretty a serious... Dying. Yeah, that there was a the lot of shit going dying. on. Yeah. Stuff, stuff died. But, like, yeah. also, it was a time period of a lot of change. Plate tectonic stuff was still going on. Gondwana land was breaking apart into South America and Africa. Right. And Australia was breaking off of the Antarctic. And all of yeah. those kinds of movements caused I, a bunch of, like, volcanic shit to go down. I noticed that the Antarctic used to be uh, part of the warm temperate zone. Yeah, there was a portion of the Antarctic that was maybe a little bit cooler, but it was still temperate. There were no ice caps yet. They really got the um, shit end of that stick, didn't they? Yeah, things that were alive in Antarctica mostly ended up not being alive right. after a certain point, right? <laughs> right. Because the shit got way colder. So was it one of those things where it, like, got to the bottom and then froze? Like, was the were the tips cold back then? Like, uh... Yeah, yeah. The poles were cold. Right. Um, there just wasn't any land there. Right. That's interesting. Right. And land being there was kind of important for being able to break up the water area and then actually cause the formation of large ice structures. That's interesting. So there weren't large ice structures back then because, of course, it was just ocean. Right. There were no glaciers. Wow. There were no fjords the Jurassic. then. Uh, correct, yeah. Wow. Uh, hmm. Huh. Yeah, look No glaciers huh? or fjords. <laughs> so, yeah. It's but, just hard to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you do spend most of your time looking out over the fjords, being astonished with their beauty. Yeah. So, you know, it's possible, or basically there's a bunch of this volcanic shit that goes on because of all the tectonic movements, right? Now, overall, like if you take like the full average of like all of the volcanic stuff that happened. Right. There was probably as much volcanic eruption stuff going on. But now it's spread out. Yeah, as the Great Dying, but it seems like maybe it was spread out or something. Okay, so that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense now. You probably had just some, there's a lot of volcanic stuff in Europe. That's why all those fossils are there. Maybe there was less of it in China or something. Yeah, it could be. Earth was also hit by several fairly large bolides, which is what geologists call basically space stuff. Yeah, that, that gets a bullseye. <laughs> that hits the earth hard enough to leave a crater. Right. So, yeah. So we got hit, like, a few times. Right. During this transition period. How long is this transition period, by the way? Uh, you know, we're talking maybe a few million years. Like okay. Like, million years or so. Well, that's not that crazy then, right? I mean, that's probably happened before in human history. Like, a few asteroids hit here and there. And I mean, if you give it a few million years, right? Sure, sure. I yeah. guess that hasn't happened in the last few million years, though, huh? Yeah, well, we've had some impacts and right. things like that. Even during human history, we've right. had some impacts. Right, but, but usually well, we've always had smaller. rockets to blow them up, <laughs> right? I, mean, I think actually... Like I'm Armageddon. Not, I'm not sure that we've had like a sizable impact since we've had rockets. 
Right. Mm, conspiracy. Maybe. I was about to say, like, I'm not sure either, but I, I do believe it. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, uh, you know, I was listening to this astronomer. I think I can't remember. It's like Insider or GQ. It's like, it's like a series where an expert rates scenes in movies okay. that's in their field of expertise. And it was an, uh, uh, like a comet lady. Um, I, I mean, I think it's an astronomer. It wasn't an astrologist. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> okay. And she was talking about how, like, uh, the universe is just calmer now than mm. it was at some point in the past. Um, was the universe more riddled with comets and meteorites, like, and asteroids, it's 70 million years ago, around the Cretaceous period? Or was it by then, basically, in terms of space-time, which is vast, it was just as calm as it is now? Like, she's maybe referring to 4 billion years ago when shit was real whack. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, that's a good question. I do get the feeling like things have been calmer like basically i don't know about the whole universe though the whole universe has definitely gotten calmer since like the big bang or whatever but like even in our local kind of solar system cluster neighborhood i feel like there was a time period where earth was getting bombarded a lot yeah and then things have kind of tapered slowly less bombardment right um, Until now, where we have to man-make our bombardments. <laughs> yes. Right. And we've been Just doing that a lot. Just to fill yes. that gap. <laughs> yes, we've been missing it. You know, it kind of refers back to my favorite version of the anthropic principle, uh, which is that God made the universe so we could observe it. Um, <laughs> that's what it feels like sometimes, right? <laughs> like, he has all these kind of fun little Sudokus in the rocks of asteroids and stuff like that. These little fun little puzzles for us to occupy our time with mm. that, like just doesn't seem to be a problem anymore the universe is maturing god well don't worry we'll, we'll still get yeah. one i don't really believe we'll we'll, we'll we'll still get one yeah yeah, one, yeah. i sure. just assume that like tomorrow we'll die but so one of the things that's interesting though about this transition i the, guess it's a fermi paradox issue really is we just we just won't survive ourselves long enough to get killed by a meteorite oh or an yeah well probably yeah, yeah sure. I'm, I'm actually a little annoyed that I don't remember the distinction between a meteorite and an asteroid, because I know they are different, uh-huh. um, and I know I'm using one of the terms wrong and the other one right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, so there's a difference between a meteor and a meteorite. Right. A meteor is something that enters the Earth's atmosphere and starts burning up, Yeah. and then a meteorite is one that's big enough that it actually ends up hitting the ground, Oh. Uh, but how all of that relates to asteroids, I guess... Okay, we're, yeah, o- we're over-talking this. Yeah. Point is, is that the boundary, the JK boundary! Wow. The JK boundary uh, is... Uh... It exists. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. No, so, so. <laughs> no, 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 but, but it's punctuated both by volcanic activity and by, um, by, by bullseyes hitting us. Right, and this is like kind of confusing a little bit because the Great Dying... And the Triassic-Jurassic one was was volcanic activity that caused those mass extinctions, right? And then everyone already knows, at the end of the Cretaceous, when all the dinosaurs died, that was a major impact event, right? right? But at this JK boundary, we have both of those things happening. And yet less things die. And, and yes, fewer things dying, broadly speaking, across the globe. It's, right. not, it's not clear why. Yeah. Um, this is the sort of thing that we're going to have to puzzle out with more excavation. Yeah, so part of this is that we have kind of spottier fossil records right. from this transitional period. And that's also, it's not clear why we've been less successful in getting those fossils. Right. But, you know. It's, it's got to just be a sample pa- size thing, right? Paleontologists like, are going to keep going at it. You right. know what I mean? So, so this is something where our understanding of it might kind of evolve over time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. Yeah. Because now we're going to get into the dinosaurs of this time period. 
Um, you know, and I think I think everyone knows. Like, these are probably the most famous dinosaurs. So rather than just go through the famous dinosaurs, we're going to challenge, or in some cases not challenge, our, our preconceptions of the most famous dinosaurs that, that we're all so fond of. Yeah, we're going to do a little bit of fun kind of myth-busting, because, yeah, I do think people got... In, in, some di- in, in some cases, myth-aggrandizing. Yeah. T-Rexes basically didn't really have feathers. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you gotta, yeah, you yeah. gotta bust a bust. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. Is that a thing? I do often bust a bust. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, <laughs> are these sentences that are okay? All right, All right. Well, anyway, let's take a break. Yeah. We're here in northeastern Victoria, looking for a new species of bogan. <gasps> oh, right there. Right there. That's a male mating call. <laughs> oh, I wonder what this bug is up to. Oh, and I think, I think we got something right over here. That Bergen doesn't watch out, he's going to get his bitty ball Bobby bitten off his Bobby Dogger. If you guys don't know, a Bogan is a poor white trash person from Australia. And if you'd like to join me, Billy Bob Wogenthorgel, listening to Bogans, then please download Bogan Calling Today. Available wherever podcasts are available today. So I guess, so we're going to talk about what concepts about dinosaurs have been challenged now. Uh, how are they changing in the last 10, 20 years? I mean, realistically, within our lifetimes, uh, the big top line one that we all kind of know about and have referenced a few times now is that it does seem like most dinosaurs had some amount of feathers. Yeah. So, you know, definitionally, birds are dinosaurs. They definitely had feathers. Yeah. All the other dinosaurs probably also had some feathers. Right. The same developmental features, like in a little embryo, that eventually turn into feathers, also could give rise to things like scales and even fur. Like, it it all goes back to the same common amniote ancestor. Mm. So, like, mammalian fur is from the same sort of origin as reptile scales and as dinosaur feathers. Right. So, extremely likely that... Most, if not pretty much all dinosaurs, had some feathers, although they were probably not all over their body. Right. It could be one of those things like um, like Jeff Bezos yep. has a little bit of like pubis, presumably, and some stuff, yeah. but not really any head hair. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, a man is a rug. Right. <laughs> All right. And then you and me were <laughs> you just, nor- we're normal races. You you so could have so we have some hair on the top. You of our couldn't head. think of a single famous person that has hair. Is that the issue? <laughs> I don't think you called out Jeff Bezos, and then you couldn't think. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. So look, uh, or <laughs> Let's just or kind of <laughs> like uh, ostriches, yeah, right? yeah, which yeah. also sort of look like Jeff Bezos. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. that you know the ostr- an ostrich does not have feathers all over its body right you know i'm thinking its legs and its head yeah noticeably kind of absent of that right yeah and dinosaurs are probably the same and in most cases the feathers were unlikely to have been used for flight Mm. or anything like that uh they could have been used for helping them keep some temperature control Mm. uh they could have been used uh for like colorfulness maybe for attracting a mate or something like that you know one of the um sadder things i realized when i went to the zoo recently because it's a pretty long litany of sad things. Uh-huh. I was looking at the ostrich, and I think the ostrich knows it's ugly. Yeah. Like, I think presumably most animals are narcissistic mm-hmm. or have some sort of bias towards their species and different metrics of beauty. 
I don't think ostriches do. Oh yeah. I think ostriches think they're ugly. They they have sort of the wide view, like across the animal kingdom. They're aware. I think they look at like emus Mm. and they're like, look at that noble bird. Yeah. Or cassowaras or whatever. I think ostriches know that there's ugly, uh flightless uh birds. Yeah, cassowaries or whatever those things are. Yeah, there's just a look in their eyes. There is an issue there, which is that there are other large, flightless birds, but they're definitely better than ostriches. Yeah, like that, like the cassowary. Yeah, cassowary, yeah. Yeah. That guy's got a sick ridge. Yeah. You know, they. they, Emus, like, killed Australians. So, like, that's, like, pretty good. Yeah. You know? Oof, that's a bummer. Yeah. I'm sad now, but it's just the look in their eyes. I didn't talk to one. <laughs> yeah. I haven't like broken some boundary you between man like, and bird. You can see the sadness. It's something I I suspected. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. yeah. I feel that. So, birds were not the only flying dinosaurs, though. Okay, there were other dinosaurs around that were technically not birds, but could at the very least do some pretty solid gliding. Right. Dinosaurs like Microraptor Gooey. Yeah. And Microraptor Gooey is kind of cool, actually, because both its arms and legs had like pretty prominent feathers right? that may have helped with gliding or potentially flying. Like, like um, kind of looks like a bird squirrel. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. like a flying squirrel has those kind of the skin area that's supposed to help them glide. Right. Well, this is an artist's depiction. It probably looked like a fucking Martian or something. I don't know. You know, like who, who the fuck? I think this is a pretty good artist's depiction. I think they did a good job with this. I could just tell from the way that they drew this bird's face. Yeah. It like kind of looks like a ferret right like it's kind of got like a little bit more that's not a bird that's a dinosaur well i i know this dinosaur i'm saying that i think the artist took a little bit of liberties making this thing look a little bit more like a flying squirrel in its face all right all right all right but you know so i think a lot of scientists think that microraptor gooey probably used those feathers for gliding but some studies suggest that it would have at least been better than archaeopteryx at flying and Archaeopteryx was a bird, so like, you yeah, know, it, it could have maybe flapped around a little bit. You know what I think, like, we should do as common practice with dinosaurs is instead of having an artist depiction at all, we should just say, you know, pending a hundred years. Because um, I just think of all the human labor that's been wasted and all the imaginations that have been uh, uh, diluted by, like, drawing dinosaurs with no feathers. And now we have to redraw all the pictures. I think we should just wait a hundred years. And just, like, have little gray boxes that say, you know, photo not available. Because um, they're not. <laughs> and uh, and then, like, after 100 years of paleontology, then we should draw these things out. But then why wouldn't you just wait another 100 years then? When is the actual, like, it's not like in 100 years we're going to be like, oh, we finished. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's done. Finally, we've collected all the data there is to know about dinosaurs. Like, you, you kind of, you just need to update as you go along. Maybe we should just not do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, the past fun is to look unknowable, at. isn't no, it? No, come on, it's cute. Look, <laughs> it's, it's possible. <laughs> we'll never actually understand the past in its full complexity, so we should probably just not worry about it and focus more on buying Twitter. Oh well, yeah, yeah the sure. future. That makes a lot of sense. What I like about this Twitter buyout is um, it really makes SpaceX make sense to me. Because now we all want to escape Earth, <laughs> right? And then we just pay Elon Musk to escape Elon Musk's Twitter. Oh, uh, I see. It's kind I of see. brilliant. It's coming full circle. Elon Musk is creating an Earth where you want to be on Mars. Mm. That's a certain type of vertical integration that's remarkably creative. Yeah, that's, you know what? You made a lot of things make a lot more yeah, sense yeah. to me, to be honest. It's like how the Puritans spurred civil war in England while also building boats to go to America. <laughs> it's They genius. knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> Those bastards. Um, 
Cromwell! <laughs> Cromwell! Uh, so, it is possible that some early birds may have also had four wings, like this Microreptigui did. And the four wings might have helped them with flight stability. And they just became less and less necessary as the main wings became kind of larger and better developed. That makes sense. So, we could be seeing sort of an interesting, what would have been parallel evolution between... Some dinosaurs and some birds. Shut the fuck up! Shut up! We gotta talk about T-Rexes. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth! I'm sick of your shit. All right. Time the T-Rex <laughs> All right. All right. So let's fucking let's let's talk about let's talk about yeah. T-Rex. Okay, guys. Let's talk about T-Rexes. Okay. Micro break. Okay, we're talking about T-Rexes. That's nice. Yeah. Um, T-Rex was a really late dinosaur. Right, okay? right, right. They only lasted a few million years. Yeah, they popped up in like the last. Two to three million years sure. of dinosaur existence. Still thus lasting quite a bit longer than us. That's longer than human beings right. have been around. Especially since but... we're like pretty clearly going to be over by 2035. <laughs> but look, dinosaurs in general had a longer stretch than like primates have. Right. Because right? they had 175 million years to make a T-Rex. Yeah. And then T-Rexes were around for a few million. Yeah. Whereas, you know, what I like about what you're saying basically is that like dinosaurs had a pinnacle of evolution. Achieved it with T-Rexes and then could die off. Yeah. Um, primates are similar. Like, primates are so much more than dinosaurs. They achieved us in much less time. And now primates can be yeah, done. now with. we can be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yes. Paving the way eventually in... in I like to think evolution's getting faster and faster and better at what it does. Mm. It's only going to take, like, 10,000 years to have, like, super orcas. Oh, um, you think orcas are going to be next? I so I was watching Barack Obama's nature documentary, which I think I mentioned in the last episode. I'm not sure. Uh, there's this episode on oceans, which is way, way, way bloodier and more fucked up than any of the other episodes. Mm. And there's a scene where eight orcas murder a baby, like like a calf whale, yeah. next to its mom because its mom just can't defend it against eight orcas attacking at the same mm. time. And they actually first batter and blood shoots out its mouth. And Barack Obama's like, "Look at that blood!" And then like, <laughs> and then like the orcas like pile on top of the whale to drown it to death and then eat it it's like vile shit wow yeah there's another scene where like an elephant uh seal almost was crushed to death by an adult elephant seal and it was just making this like <gasps> this like terrible screeching uh-huh i actually literally i literally fast forwarded through it okay i, I was like that's enough obama <laughs> like, yeah. i can't handle yeah. what you and netflix are putting out yeah, there come on obama you gotta like calm down dude. x rating on this vile shit yeah um where's the other episode just like monkeys playing yeah just show some kittens or some shit like that we don't gotta see that shit totally but anyway uh, yeah, yeah so you think you think orcas are gonna be the ones that are the next i always bet on squid actually um i always bet on squid yeah 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 maybe uh, but they already had their time right but see, it could like come way again. before the great dying, right? Yes, yes. But I feel like they've gotten very advanced at this point, right? Because it was a pretty different cephalopod back before the right, great dying. Right, right. Now we got these octopuses. Yeah, we got these squids. They're doing all kinds of freaky shit. Their brains are all organized, all interestingly. Imagine if they could live three years. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, think of what they could do <laughs> yeah. with like fifty percent more life. I'm talking like Stephen fucking Hawking, like every other octopus. Yeah. Uh everyone you should listen to our cephalopod episodes. All right. Uh, okay. So look, T Rex. Yeah, T Rexes. They were not the largest land carnivore of their time, but they were definitely like top five. And they did have the strongest bite that we've found so far of any animal. Okay. Uh which was definitely strong enough to bite and crush through the very, very solid bones of things like Triceratops and Ankylosaurus. We're, so Triceratopses were 
At the same time as them. Yes, yes. Okay, that's cool. There were Triceratops. There were Ankylosaurus. Ankylosaurus were the ones that had the tails with the kind of like, uh, it was almost like a mace. Right, on the end, right. Like a big bulb that you can like kind of smash shit with. Right. right? And T-Rex bites straight through that shit. An adult T-Rex could bite through external armor, could crush bones. They were very solidly built. Right. Seriously big, heavy animals. Right. And none of them, none of them lame feathers, or at least very little of it. Yeah. If at all. There's a little bit of debate over whether they had any feathers at all. If they did, it was very light feathering on the adults. Right. Okay. It's generally thought that these animals were pretty massive. Yeah. In fact, bulkier than in the movies. Right. So in Jurassic Park, t- the T-Rexes were huge. And I think in terms of like how tall they were and everything. Right. I think that's accurate. But that T-Rex was actually probably a little more svelte. Than the actual T-Rexes right, were. Right, right. But much like, you know, because sometimes you see a guy who's both buff and fat. Yeah. That's, so T-Rex was like that. Yeah. Didn't run that fast. It didn't right. outrun a Jeep. Right. They could not. So that they mostly kind of like jogged. Okay. You know what I mean? They could jog up to like 25 miles per hour, which was like, I mean, yeah, that's good for something of that size. Right. But if you were like flooring it in a Jeep... You'd be gone, and then the movie would be very different. Right, 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 right. right. Um, well, but it's also on an island. They'd get to the ocean <laughs> and be like, no! <laughs> yes, yes. And then just wait 30 minutes for them, and then the T-Rex catches up and eats them. Sure, yes, yes. The The T-Rex couldn't swim. Yeah. But there but were nor actually... nor can humans. <laughs> there you go, so, that's true. So you're that's stuck. true, it's a wash at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> Jeffrey Goldblum doesn't swim. Right? <laughs> yes, he just kind of smolders and looks yeah, sexy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, instead of running, T-Rex was kind of walking, jogging around. A lot of times, they probably scavenged meat from dead animals. Mm, that's uh, a little underwhelming. And other times, they could hunt and eat, you know, kind of relatively slow herbivores. I guess I scavenge meat from dead animals. I've never hunted my own game. Yeah. 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 Human beings, you know. I don't even buy meat. We're I just scavenge outside. <laughs> I just scavenge outside the Trader Joe's. We're opportunists. Eating artisanal hummus. Yeah, that's what how it's got to be. Yeah. Okay. Somebody's got to be a freegan. Yeah. Okay. Dumpster diving. Oh, is that the term for it? Yeah. Can a freegan eat anything, or are they also a vegan? I think they can eat anything. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. That reminds me of this guy. I probably mentioned it in like episode three of this pod or something. Holy shit. I, I mean, I'm just guessing because we've done a lot of these episodes. <laughs> we and, have done a and lot. And I, I, you know, I've only, I only live so much life. I play a lot of video games, so I don't have that many extra vignettes over time. I understand, yeah. Um, there was this, uh, there was this BBC uh, documentary of just like weird people. Like literally the premise was like, like every episode was on a different strange person in the BBC or, yeah. or in England. Yeah. And one of them was a guy, this older man. Who had a very long little voice. He had a very little voice. And um, he ate roadkill, right? So he wouldn't eat meat unless it was roadkill. He'd go out and he'd find, because he lived in the countryside, but by a major road, and he would, like, find a weasel, right? And, like, boil, find a way to cook it, Mm -hmm. um, eat it. Uh, you know, he slopped out the eyes of, of, I think, a weasel that, that had been, that he'd recently cooked. He was like, oh, yes, the eyes are my favorite part. And, you know, he's such a quirky Englishman. And very mild-mannered in his dress. Very normal-looking, except being a, a freaky deek. And it was interesting, because that means that sometimes he'll slip in ideologies that you really don't expect because he's such a mild-mannered English person who just, uh-huh. like, is... English people are just quirky, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. He was like, 
Well, I believe it's important to give back to Mother Earth, and I believe that we take too much from the Earth sometimes, and I think I'd like to live with the discipline to only eat the things that, 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 I can, that can be reasonably recycled and sustainably um, received. And I was like, ah. I was like, hey. Okay. That's a pleasant thought, you know. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, that's it. The eye is the best part of the weasel. The badger. It was a badger. Uh, the eye is the best part of a badger. Well, you know, that idea is a lot easier to take when the dude's not actively eating a badger. You know? <laughs> that's how he did it. Like, it was like a skull. I, he I, like roasted the skull. Yeah. <laughs> it was like picking at the eyeball. Yeah. Isn't that hardcore? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you're reading the philosophy of something, and then all of a sudden you see it in action, you're like, ooh, I don't know about right. that. You know? Yeah, you're like, hey, Lenin's got some good points. And there's just like <laughs> millions of dead corpses in a field, and you're yeah. like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> mixed bag. Things don't always translate, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck. So, uh, adult T-Rexes, I would say, broadly speaking, not that far off from what maybe people would have seen in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Although, probably the thing about them not being able to see you if you're not moving wasn't true. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Broadly speaking, not too far off. Yeah. What we have been learning a lot about, though, in the past couple decades, is actually about younger T-Rexes. Yeah. Because, for a long time, we only had, like, three or four skeletons, fossilized skeletons of T-Rexes. Really? We had all this mythology about them off of, like, four skeletons? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. But we should stop drawing these things. <laughs> no. We need and like a sample size of a hundred. People fucking love dinosaurs. They're gonna keep drawing them shits. Okay, that's well, why we they need should, they should just put a photo of like a Chinese dragon for now. You know, like just fucking... That's how it started. <laughs> well, I I know, I know. That's what the drawings look like. Well, that's in, my like, point the though, is like why should, we should stop putting so much effort into them until we get a sample size of a hundred. Like, no, yeah. what? No, okay, it's, okay, get, okay. it's getting better all the time. You. I don't want to derail you. Um yeah, so, but in the past 30 years, we've actually been uncovering a lot more of these fossilized remains. Right. Including some fossils that maybe at first they were like, oh, is this some kind of smaller carnivore that lived in the same area as T-Rex? Right. No, it's the same species. Right. But younger. It turns out they weren't born massive. They right. grew. Yes. Like other creatures, like humans. Right. And we right. have kind of filled in. Some of that kind of the the life history of the T-Rex. Yeah. And now we've seen that like, okay, baby T-Rexes were probably pretty cute chicken-sized little goobers. Yeah. Um, that had a lot of feathers on them. Okay. And as they grew up into teenage T-Rexes, they got a little bit less feathers going on. Yeah. All of that feathering was probably thermoregulation to kind right. of help them stay warm and everything like right. that. The little ones, the ones less than a year old, had like a terribly high mortality rate. That makes uh, sense. Yeah, which I mean, is that tends true to be the case of most animals. animals. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, it should be true for humans, um, but the government <laughs> <laughs> gets in the way of the natural order. Thanks, Biden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks to Joe Manchin, we're going to keep those mortality rates high. <laughs> so doing our best. Uh, so look. What it ends up being is that, you know, looking at the little ones versus the teenagers versus the adults, is that there's a pretty big divide in terms of their appearance, sure. Right. You could say the same for baby humans and adult humans, but also the niche they occupy and their lifestyle and physically kind of how they're designed. 
trained. Okay. Mm. So young T-Rex is like a few years old. They would have had more of those feathers, but also their teeth and their jaw and their skull bones would have been organized differently than the adult T-Rex. Right, right. Their teeth were much more knife-like. That's interesting. With an adult T-Rex, they had these really big, like, banana-sized To break through bones. Right. And they could crush. They could handle a lot of that crushing force. So is it kind of like humans? Is almost like a T-Rex would just change out teeth as they got older? Like, the old ones would fall out and they'd get new teeth that were structurally different? Right, yes. Along with jaw sort of changes and reconstructions as they yeah. got older. This is a well-programmed simulation. I can tell you what. <laughs> so these little knife teeth, they would use them for running around, chasing down prey, and like kind of diving in and ripping out chunks of flesh, right? Sure. They, they had actual knife teeth. T-Rexes are a lot more like the velociraptors from movies. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. So from Jurassic Park. Worked a lot harder. Yeah, and they probably ran down prey, and they probably had a tendency to hang out in small groups. Kind of like Lost Boys. Yep. Yeah, they're a lot like Keith or Sutherland in that film. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. In that way, that single species, the T-Rex, probably filled out different niches during their lifespan. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Right? Just like, I think when we had discussed this prior, you, you referred to it as a mall. Right? Like, in a classic American mall, different age groups fill different niches. Little kids are at the candy shop. Welcome to the candy shop. Right? Wow. Um, yeah, unrelated. Yeah. Um, you know, the adults, right? They're at Tiffany's. Oh, shit. Buying, buying rings. Oh, my God. They're so fancy. And then the, 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 the teenagers. Yeah. They're, they're by the pools on their skateboards. Right, and they're yeah, gotta be. They're getting dogs on sticks, right? They're oh they're, yeah, they're getting those hot dogs yeah, on sticks. Yeah, from the money they stole from from the younger kids. And like, s- give me your money. Smoking that reefer. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah. So I totally agree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> without a doubt. But uh, so I think that that makes sense. Yeah. On a first pass thought about it, which is that they are built different. Yeah. Adult T Rexes walking around slower, right? Yeah. Going after bigger prey. Right. Crushing the shit out of it, eating some, scavenging some, right? These younger T-Rexes chasing down smaller prey than them. Right. And, you know, ripping them to shreds with their sharp teeth. Well, if there's anything I've learned about dinosaur illustrations is that the first pass is good enough. (laughs) Probably looks like a chicken. (laughs) So the reason why I think when you think about maybe uh, lions or something like that. Lions actually live in families, in their their prides, right? So like young lions don't really hunt. Right. So the but but dinosaurs are more like Americans in that they abandon <laughs> different generations. The teenagers are left to fend for themselves yeah. on and the, the dangerous old, streets. The old fuck off and die. Yeah. 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 And that's why it's good. I see that. But yeah, so I, I guess I, I'm just trying to say. Lions are more like Chinese people. It's not inevitable Stop for me. a carnival. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just got to keep talking like you didn't say <laughs> about Chinese people. Kung flu. <laughs> Oldie but a goodie. <laughs> I remember when 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 Donald Trump said Kung Flu, yeah. that was the first time you liked him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, my president. No, I just remember in that conversation, you're like, well, nobody's all bad. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no one can deny he's a funny guy. Yeah, he's, he's got good qualities too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God damn it. Oh. <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess all I'm trying to say is that it is not inevitable. That an apex predator or that a large carnivore will necessarily split up into multiple niches right, based right, on right, age. Lions, right. like you were saying, they don't do that. They tell young males to fuck off, though, right? 
Uh, yeah, I think they end up having to go figure out their own thing at a do, certain age. Do most of the young males just die? I feel like we never follow a young male in a nature documentary. <laughs> Are they all just dead? Like, what's the mortality rate of, like, young male lions? Hey, like, stuff's gotta die at some point, right? <laughs> <laughs> some sooner than others, right? Um... <laughs> like, lions are like an incel's nightmare, right? Like, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Once we do our lion episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lions! All right. Let's take Can another, you believe they made a Tiger King? Can you believe they made a Tiger King uh, narrative TV show? Oh, I forgot that they did Is that. Is that bonkers, man? I forgot they did that. Is that any good? Have you heard it? I guess I, you haven't. You clearly haven't heard yeah, it. Yeah, I, I forgot it existed. That's... We should figure out if that's any good, because it's got to be a pile of shit, right? It's a comedy, right? Yeah, it is. That'd be a lot funnier, though. would be like an HBO drama. Like it's very serious, like yeah, Wire-esque. Dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would actually that would be funny. <laughs> Way down in the <laughs> yeah, like a, a prestige drama. Yeah, yeah. Where everyone's trying to be Carol yeah, Baskin. The Kingdom of the... Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a break. Yep. Um, that was a long one. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to wrap on all sorts of other whack-ass carnivores, especially velociraptors. This is where the myth busting happens. Yeah. We're going to bust myth. Yeah. The following is an actual advertisement. Our sponsor for Petri Dish is a product that I literally have been using every day, Athletic Greens. So I started taking Athletic Greens because, you know... Maybe if I wasn't a garbage person, then I would actually be cooking completely balanced meals and eating them for every meal of the day and taking them into work and all this stuff. But just realistically, I don't have the time or energy for that. You know, like I'll do some meal prepping and I'll cook some things. But realistically, sometimes I just eat junk food or something. And it's it's a really good way to be able to get a bunch of vitamins and nutrients that normally you could get in a very well-balanced diet. But... Hey, let's be realistic. Is this in- like a smoothie? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Do you want me to describe that earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so basically the way that Athletic Greens comes is in uh, powder form. Okay. And what the powder is, is it's a powder of things like spirulina and a bunch of other greens, vegetables essentially, right? And so it has over 75 different vitamins. It's kind of like taking a multivitamin pill. Right. Except... Because you're usually taking it in some kind of food or drink form, it's a little bit more bioavailable. You're absorbing it a little bit easier. And it kind of tastes good. Right. Vitamins are bullshit. (laughs) Except in athletic greens. No, I think just the broad point. The broad point is that vitamins are real. Our bodies do need them. (laughs) Right, 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 right. It's just that a lot of times people will not have a well enough balanced diet to actually get all the vitamins they need right and athletic greens gives a good way to be able to get that when it comes they typically recommend sort of the base way to do it is to dissolve the powder in some water and you like shake it up in this little shaky container they give you i thought that was pretty good but i kind of like it mixed in with some greek yogurt so that's the way i've been Uh, eating that sounds good i think it's fun guys let me tell you something uh you know there's two guys who talk in this pod me and sean one uses athletic greens sean i don't and uh you know, I'm not looking too hot these days. <laughs> I'm not looking too great. Look, uh, you know, I look worse than Sean. And Sean has recently had a dead man's knee implanted into his knee. 
So, uh, so you know. <laughs> that's great. And I, I think a lot of that comes down to Athletic Greens. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Look, so one of the cool things about getting an Athletic Greens subscription now is that the subscription comes with a year supply of vitamin D, like an extra vitamin D supplement, which is important because, frankly, almost none of us get enough vitamin D in our diet. It's one of the most common issues with people is yeah. that they'll have low levels of vitamin D. And so this is a good way to get it. And, you know, it's all year round, including those winter months when we're all staying inside. Like, yeah. well, it's or in those summer months when you're still staying inside. I like computer games. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What to, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what to say about it. Yeah, dude. I'll be paying a lot of Path of Exile. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that's affordable. It's on par with having a multivitamin. Right. And it's been reviewed a lot. Over 7,000 five-star reviews, according yeah. to the ad copy. All from scientists. So it's been <laughs> peer-reviewed. Well, at the end of the day, there's nothing really wooey-woo about this product. Right. It's vitamins right. in powder form. Right. Mix it with some stuff and eat it. Right. I'm you know a skeptical I mean? guy. A lot of health stuff, I think, is... I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm skeptical about. But this, this is sure shit. <laughs> I mean, it's just like a bunch of vitamins. It's pretty straightforward. And I guess uh, here, here's some ad copy I'm supposed to read verbatim. Well, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Uh, that's actually true. I will say one place where vitamins play a really big role is in the functioning of your immune system. And so if you're not eating a well-balanced diet, your immune system can have some detriment to it due right. to not having enough vitamins. So, you know, it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day or with some Greek yogurt. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy. That shit is expensive, dude. Yeah, it can add up for real. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash emerging because we're an emerging podcast. That's what they've decided. Uh, again, that is athleticgreens.com slash emerging, E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It's kind of like um, how poor people call themselves lower middle class. <laughs> emerging pot, I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, guys, go get the shit. <laughs> that, that, is, that is exactly what it's like. Go actually. buy Athletic Greens. <laughs> you are right. Wow. Oh, we're back. Okay, we're back, guys. So, Jurassic Park has two important dinosaurs. The rest are fucking tinsel, right? Yeah. And it's T-Rexes and it's Velociraptors. Right. T-Rexes, not fully inaccurate how the film depicts them. Velociraptors, way out there. Yeah. So, my understanding is Michael Crichton wrote his book knowing that he was wrong about this. Right. He just decided Velociraptor was the cooler name. Yeah. But... We'll get into it. So, in the Jurassic Park movie, he also doesn't believe in climate change. Yes. Well, well, didn't. Yeah. Yeah. He's dead now. He's dead because he was telling the truth, <laughs> <laughs> and they were silenced. <laughs> Velociraptors are like the super smart pack hunters, right? Um, in the movie. In the movie. Yeah. And so the first thing is that Velociraptor mongoliensis oh. was way smaller than the Velociraptors depicted right. in the movie. Just like Mongols in real life tend to be smaller people. Compared to like Mulan or something? Like Aryans. Although in Mulan, it was the Huns <laughs> for no good reason. What, why no good reason? The Huns invaded northern China a few times. Or did they? In fact, I think the Huns are more historically accurate to when Mulan was alive. Were the Huns just all over the place? You are just an ignorant savage, aren't you? We're not like sharing a pond with just a moron. <laughs> just kidding, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Huns 
Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I guess, I guess the first thing to say is the Huns are kind of a large group of people with like kind of cadet branches. Like there's actually a, a group called the White Huns as well, um, who kind of invaded parts of India and, you know, kind of like later Mongols had confederacies, right? Um, so yeah, the Huns are the same group of people who later invaded Europe did kind of plague the Northern Chinese steppes. Damn, that was the same fucking group of people. Yeah. I, I thought maybe just like they had they had the same sounding name, and it was just like yeah, the fucking the Huns over here. Yeah, and the, the Great Wall of China, <laughs> and then like Attila and like the those other yeah, Huns, yeah, yeah, and yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. being mean to the Romans or whatever. No, no, no. The Huns were a successful steppe groups, and so you yeah. know the the stretch between. I mean, I know you know this, but like they navigated that steppe region between there. In fact, I think they're kind of God. Did, were the Huns important for the stirrup? I'm trying to remember. Huns were good at horses, and they did successfully migrate that entire stretch. Man, that's a big area. Yeah, it's pretty it's cool. It's a big area for people to be running around. Yeah. Well, I like it. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, look. Uh, the velociraptors, in reality, were much more, like, turkey-sized. Okay? Mm. So, not as threatening as the velociraptors in the movies, right. which were much more, like, human beings. Right. That's why Benjamin Franklin wanted the velociraptor to be the American dinosaur. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're like these like angry turkeys. <laughs> which is like cool. I, yeah. I like angry it's a turkeys. South Park episode. But, so the dinosaur that largely inspired Michael Crichton was actually uh, Deinonychus anteropus. Okay, which, which also, it turns out, probably had a lot of feathers. Yeah, like a bunch of feathers. And, like, honestly, we're still smaller than what we saw in the movies. Right. But we're bigger than turkeys, at least. Right. You, you know, Sean has an image in the notes, which are pretty funny, which is, like, a bunch of different Velociraptor-like things. Yeah. In a size comparison with humans. Yeah. And the things that are, in theory, the scariest because they're biggest also look the most like just ducks. Yeah. And are, like, and, like, one of them kind of looks like a, like a sad sloth hybrid bird that would kill me in a movie. <laughs> yes. Um, it's like they get less intimidating looking the larger they become. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, honestly, they're just not... There's nothing in the fossil record that truly matches up with what we saw in Jurassic Park. Right. It's kind of a an invention. Yeah. And not only was, you know, the size and all that stuff an invention... But also their behavior was basically right. an invention. One of the great myths is that they're this genius hunt and pack animals. Right. Turns out to be, there's very scant evidence of that. Yeah, so in this case, this is not something that Michael Crichton just like wholesale made up. Right. This was actually something that, you know, speaking to a paleontologist who uh, had done a lot of the digging and discovery on the Deinonychus, that paleontologist believed that there was potential that they hunted in coordinated packs. Right, and Crichton was like, great. Yeah. Now I got a book. Yeah, he thought that was pretty sweet. And, I mean, honestly, it's it's a cool idea that there were dinosaurs that were, like, highly strategic and tactical right. in their hunting patterns and everything. Right. But there, there's really no... This was no... more like T-Rex teenagers were like that. I mean, I, I don't Listen even know if they were that... I don't know if they were that tactical about it. Right. So I, th I think... Skateboards. Even raptors and, like, T-Rex teenagers might have been a lot more like modern-day Komodo dragons. Right. Who often will attack the same prey. Yeah. But not because they were planning it. It's right. just like... Hey! <laughs> one, one Komodo dragon managed to, like, down an animal. And then the other ones are like, I want some of that, Whoa, too. And they yeah. just, like, fucking hop in there and start this eating. This is like me at a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I just wait for other families to order pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! 
Oh, what do we have? Yeah, and I just like bite the person once and they die from the bacteria in my mouth yeah. and then I eat their pizza. There's actually an interesting theory that the one of the reasons... The reason Chuck E. Cheese's are less successful now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that potentially one of the reasons why the Tyrannosaurus kind of group, their arms got shorter and shorter over time. Because the early Tyrannosauruses, like, you know, millions of years before Tyrannosaurus Rex, yeah. had kind of regular looking arms. Mm. And over millions of years of evolution, their arms got smaller and smaller relative to their body size. Right. Some people think it might be because during sort of scavenging frenzies that they might have injured each other's arms oh. if the arms were too long. Sure, and they get infected, they die younger yeah. than they should. Yeah. So it's just like, fuck it. Yeah, so they're like, what are we using these arms for anyway? Yeah, I've invested all my time in a fat mouth. Yeah, exactly. Can I ask you a question? The only reason I ask this question, because it's going to sound really random, is because I imagined like, oh, well, birds, you get our smaller, smaller arms, but those become wings, basically, right? Uh Uh-huh. And then I was like, well, what if, like, maybe a T-Rex, like, I wonder how long its wingspan would have to be for it to be able to fly. Would it be like 50 feet long or something? And then I was thinking, how big could a flying animal get? Like... Modern oxygen levels or whatever. What do you think the biggest a bird could possibly be and still be able to float? Uh, well... Like a thousand meters? Like 4,000? Whoa, that's way too big. Why are you saying those like, numbers? Like a kilometer. <laughs> why, why, why are you so big? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a thunderbird! Well, there, there, the there, were, there were those terror birds in South America, right? right? Uh, those are probably the largest... No, but I want to push that even bigger. (laughs) How big can we go? (laughs) All right, all right. Well, maybe we'll try sometime. You know what I mean? Let's put some money into trying to... Don't dodge, okay, Ezra Klein? I don't know how big it can be. (laughs) You tell me that wingspan. I'm not a physicist. You think, like, so, so maybe 200 meters then? If not a thousand. This is way too big. This is way too big. Is it? Uh, you're just scared. You're just scared. Uh, I would be afraid. <laughs> just hear it across the valley. Maybe dude. maybe 20 meters. I could just imagine one of the San Fernando Valley just like eating people. It would be like, don't go to the valley. <laughs> well, already don't go to the yeah. valley. <laughs> I mean, like, if I'm being honest. Oh, man. <laughs> you don't need a gigantic Can you imagine how to... scary it be? You're just like trying to go to the valley. And Actually, <laughs> that would be a pretty sweet movie just for the scene where people are at Six Flags on a roller coaster yeah, 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 and a gigantic fucking right bird off. comes and just like plucks one. <laughs> that would be pretty fucking sweet. Oh my god. We, sh- we should do that also for Knott's Berry Farm and explicitly not Disney. And just like the administrator's like, I'm already in Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> How can I take it any worse? <laughs> <laughs> all, right, uh, all right i'm sorry i'm sorry that's it's, beautiful it's so tangential um but yeah so velociraptors are bullshit there's bullshit yeah i think so i think so basically you know they like, were small shitty they didn't even hunt in packs they're just dumb they're just dumb animals yeah if they hunted in groups they were most likely not coordinated groups right they're mostly opportunistic groups where if one of them managed to do something the other ones would swarm in and eat too. God, if one managed to do something's a sad fucking sentence. That's like a bunch of fifth graders trying to figure out calculus. Well, that's kind of the reality with a lot of hunters. Right. right? Is that like hunting, hunting's hard. Hu- hunting is difficult and you kind of have a low success rate. Yeah. Except for, uh, what was it? There's like this like little cat that's like actually a surprisingly good hunter. 
right? Yeah. I, I think like one of the best hunters is like this like little nocturnal cat. Oh, interesting. That just like hunt, hunts bugs and is like really good at it. That's pretty funny. Um, but like realistically, most carnivores. I'm most pretty hunters, good at hunting like, bugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can probably. I guess I've seen you scope out like a pretty good number of like mantises. Yeah, I could beat the shit out of this cat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just pummel it in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of animals you could you could beat up probably yeah. <laughs> I, mean, cat, I don't know if that's dude. quite the same as being a good hunter but yeah i, I can see what you're saying get this cat <laughs> curb stop it dude uh, you're way more mad at this cat than i thought you yeah <laughs> I mean, feline history x <laughs> um okay so another interesting dinosaur that was hanging out in the cretaceous was the dinosaur that was actually the biggest land carnivore, right? Mm. So T-Rex, T-Rex was not the biggest. Yeah. It's top five. But this one was actually the biggest, the Spinosaurus. Yeah. And Spinosaurus was kind of cool. It had this sort of spiny hump thing on its back. Yeah. Uh, that looks sort of like a kind of weird fin. Mm. And, you know, for a long time, scientists were like, what the fuck is the point of that right. weird fin thing? Right. And they're like, maybe it's some kind of temperature shit, or maybe, you know, it, it stores fat or something, right. like, like I a camel's like, hump. I or... feel like storing heat or regulating heat is like our go-to for anything we don't fully understand yet. Yeah. Eh, it's probably thermoregulation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's an easy explanation for a lot of structures that we don't really get the point of. But kind of further analysis of the Spinosaurus has suggested more and more that the fact that we kept finding them kind of around the shore right. was maybe not just that they were, like, hanging around on land. Maybe it's a fin that, that does what fins do. Yeah, maybe that they were, like, actually very good swimmers. Right. And that they would actually get into the water and hunt a lot of fish and aquatic reptiles, like ichthyosaurs and stuff mm. like that, right? Mm. And another feature of these dinosaurs is that they had, like, really fucking meaty tails. And they might have used their tail to, like, slam into the water... And cause a shock wave. Right. Kind of like when somebody tosses like some some dynamite or something into a lake. And right. then like shocks a bunch of fish and then just like collects the fish that float up. Right. Uh, he might have done the same thing. The Spinosaurus might have whacked the shit out of right. the water, sent out a shock wave, and just ate some fish that got yeah. like all stunned by it. It's kind of like when a dictator invades an Eastern European country and Germany just kind of floats up, belly <laughs> up, and keeps buying its oil. <laughs> Maybe I will pay you in rubles. <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> we made this sad. Um, okay, we're a low battery. Shall we get around yeah, this? Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's let's wrap this up. Look, there are definitely more things to say about the Cretaceous, but yeah, as... this, this paragraph's really offensive, right? Because because Sean proceeds to list a lot of pretty interesting things. He's decided for four episodes we're not going to discuss. Well, there's like the, the Chicxulub uh, impact, the actual thing that ended the dinosaurs, right? Right. Because like, don't some people say it's fake? That impact definitely happened, but there's some people who think that it doesn't explain the end of the dinosaurs. Right, that there must right. have been other stuff happening before that or after that. So right. there's some debate about that. That's interesting. There's mammals. Yeah. What the fuck were mammals doing and yeah. then why were they successful afterward, right? How right. did they make it through and then, you know, all of that. Yeah. Flowers right. evolved this during is, the Cretaceous. On some level, I think the most interesting thing is plants change a lot here. Yeah. They get sex organs. I mean, imagine if, like, there's a time period where all of a sudden you had... Penises and vaginas evolve. Well, we did a penis we, episode where, like, literally, I know. suddenly things had penises. And it was interesting. Yeah, that's right? true. That's so, what I I'm mean, saying. like, basically, we're saying, like, plants evolved penises and vaginas 
together. They just, plants got a whole lot sexier during the Cretaceous. Right, right. And we'll talk about that one of these days. Yes, exactly. But th- first of all, this episode's too long. And second of all, as we said at the top, Stacy and Nathan are like extremely mad at me. So I'm like, bonkers, I, we need to stop this. And then we need to move on <laughs> as a people, okay? And so, like, we just need to we just need to proceed onward out of the past and into the more beautiful future where we talk about things like poison, yeah, guys, and sports medicine. Why? Why is lead bad? Yeah, yeah. Like real talk, though. Yeah. Why? Why is and how is lead bad? Yeah. And what? Why what is, is arsenic? Bad? What? What is it? Yeah. Right? All this shit. We're gonna do it. Yeah. We're gonna do it with our mouths. Hey okay? guys. So look, let's say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer, who's mm-hmm. currently not in her seat, but I respect it. Thank you, Brian and Griffin, for art stuff. Yep. Uh, Gmail address, petridishpod at gmail.com, at dishpodcast on Twitter, patreon.com slash petridish. Mm. I actually uploaded one of our videos onto TikTok. Oh, shit. Uh, but it's not a petridish account, so no one's going to be able to find it. Oh, shit. But even if it was a petridish account, I don't know if any of our listeners are on TikTok. So, you know. I guess we could put it on our YouTube channel. Yeah, we got to do that, too. We got to do that, too. Shit. There's all kinds of stuff. Anyway, look. Are we talking Jimmy and Giordano? No, no. I, di- I didn't put that up yet. I what put video one of our you older, We have older clips, right? Sound clips where we did the cartoon stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So I put one of those up. And then I put up something of me making a tak uh, tang. Hilarious. <laughs> Are you going to become a TikTok star, dude? I put up two videos and oh my and like, god! And like three or four people have seen them. So oh no! <laughs> okay, you look. should be like hot science chat. We're not sixty nine. We're not good at social media. That's true. But we exist. We're seeking a social media uh, engineer director. So long as you don't mind being not paid. Yeah, no money and no. not not respected. We don't actually. We're not looking for that. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, we will see you next time where we will no longer be talking about this old shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about new shit. New shit like poisons. Okay. Anyway, great. guys, have a good one. See ya.